Hey, Shelly, do you remember the days of being in corporate talent acquisition? Oh, absolutely. Every time the phone rang, it was another staffing agency claiming to be innovative and different. I used to wonder when someone would truly elevate the industry. Well, hold on to your hat here because that's exactly what Van Hack has done. Shelly, picture this a closed community of pre verified tech talent ready to relocate to Canada with all the paperwork taken care of. Sounds too good to be true? Well, not anymore. Van Hack has made it a reality. They have built the community of skilled software developers eager to make the move, and they handle the entire immigration process. And that's not all. They're taking it up a notch. Companies with offshore development teams, listen up. Van Hack's introducing the Canadian Engineering Office. Move your entire dev team to Canada, and Van Hack handles all the nitty-gritty details of immigration and relocation. So can you imagine, Serge? The applause from your CIO if you were to walk into his office and bring this solution to the table. Shelly, every time I walk into an office, I get applause. But that's not all. (laughs) The best part is they've got certified immigration consultants on board who've done this countless times. They understand that every family situation is unique. Revolutionize the way you recruit, relocate, and retain talent because when it comes to innovation in the talent acquisition world, Van Hack is leading the charge. Get ready to be the hero of your company. Check out vanhack.com today. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. We are recording at the Plum Boot and we have a return guest, Shelly. I'm pretty excited about seeing her again. I always love talking to this guest and someone I'm a very big fan of and follow and admire greatly. We have joining us Leah Daniels, Chief Commercial Officer with JobSync. Thanks for coming back, Leah. Oh, thanks for having me. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. Share with the audience a bit about your background, your journey in HR tech. I have been in HR tech longer than any of us are going to talk about. Okay. (laughs) And it actually started my very first job out of college was this little tiny startup nobody had ever heard of. We later called it Zoom Info. I was employee four. We worked with HR companies. Actually, we worked in HR departments. We were a passive sourcing tool. We had amazing brands early on, Microsoft and Bose. And then we worked with executive search firms. And we built this giant database of people data. And that's how I got into recruiting technology. It's actually through this tool that most people know today as a sales or marketing tool. But it really did get its its grassroots in the recruiting space. I spent 10 years there. And then I got the opportunity to go and work with the team at Bullhorn, which is an ATS in the staffing space. Mm. And it was a really good education on how a whole different part of the market works and operates. And I got to work with the staffing firms and great organizations like Ronstadt and Kelly Services. For them, I got to build the marketplace and an integration marketplace. And this has become really interesting for my career. I worked with hundreds of organizations to figure out how do we make them interoperate with an ATS. I spent a year over at Monster just prior to the Ronstadt acquisition and then went to AppCast where I spent five years and I got to work with the ad agencies, the job boards, and run their software called ClickCast. My most recent 
as ChopSync now, which is a whole different opportunity, which I think you have some questions about. So I'm not going to yeah. steal your thunder. That is probably the most thorough portfolio of anyone I have ever met. And and we've interviewed a few people over the years. What a journey you've had. I've been so fortunate. My husband says I have a very good picker. I pick good companies. Wow, no but kidding. I find interesting products that solve problems and I get to join these journeys. It's really exciting for me. So talk about JobSync. What problem does JobSync solve? That is a great question. So JobSync is looking at the world through, I'm going to be a little bit of a nerd. Is that okay if we go yes. nerdy oh, today? go nerd. Okay. So there, there's a problem in our world right now. I, I think it's an applicant drought, might be a good way to call it, talent supply debt that we're all in. We have declining birth rates. We have declining labor participation rates. We have more jobs than we have humans to do the work. Right. And companies need applicants to do the jobs that they need to do, and they're not getting enough of them. And so we throw the kitchen sink at the problem as, a, as an industry. We add all of the stuff because we're all trying to solve a really big problem. There's so many of these uh, folks here in this space have built amazing solutions, all trying to solve the same problem at the top of the funnel. And we're patchworking together some solution. And what we've realized at JobSync is that part of the problem is that we're still in the early Amazon days with third-party marketplace, where mm -hmm. when you want to buy that widget, you have to go over to another website over here and put the credit card information in. And it's a frustrating experience. Yeah. Why have we created job boards that live in a third-party marketplace world? So instead, we integrate deeply with our customers' ACSs, no matter which one they're on, and we recreate that applicant experience, the entire application, but in the Indeed Apply experience, in the Zip Apply experience, in the Talru Apply experience, or CV Library, or Seeker, wherever you might be, so that your candidates are not having to go on an elongated candidate journey. So meet candidates where they're at, and then deliver that application in your ATS. Meet recruiters where they're at. So just bridge those two separate um, experiences to be most efficient for each of the individuals. Mm -hmm. Stop making it hard for one to make it easy for the other. Oh, wow. That is profound. <laughs> it is because I believe most applicant tracking systems were designed to appease HR, to make their life easier. That's how they're sold. I think it's worse. I think they were built and designed for developers, by developers, for developers. <laughs> Thank it's, you, Leah. They're, they are very much a database-driven entity. Perfect, clean data, beautiful, structured rows of data. Yeah. So let's put this in perspective. I'm a practitioner listening, and I'm like, well, how do you do that? So let's say I have Workday or UKG, and I'm like, the application process is just painful. Our candidates are telling us it's bad. What does JobSync do exactly? Like, how does it play in? How does it make it better? What it does exactly is it's almost easier okay. to tell by the candidate themselves. You go on to Indeed and you find a job. Now, keep in mind, companies go on to Indeed and search their company name. Candidates do not do that. They go on yeah. Indeed and they search a title or a function or whatever it might be. They find this job. They click an apply now button. You've seen it. Yep. It's a first name, a last name, a phone number, an email address, a resume. That's all you get. Thank you very much. Instead, we co-opt that journey and we add all of those questions that you would ask on your ATS in the experience and indeed apply. That means, are you over 18? Are you food safe certified? Will you work on a Sunday? Are you willing to wear a hairnet? I don't care what the question is. What is your nursing license or your EEO and OSCP questions? If you would like to ask 
them to agree your terms and conditions or your privacy policy. All of that can be recreated in an experience on a job where the candidate is already at. What this means for you as a business is that where you might have gotten five applicants for every hundred clicks, that's the average that Mm -hmm. that runs out right now, and that's uh, from the AppCast data, you're now looking at 18%, 20%, indeed says it's 25%. I think that that can happen, but it's not, it's not for everybody. 18% of people that click on your job become applicants and you have full information on them. That is a game-changing situation for our company. That's 3x more than you had before. If you can fix the top of your funnel, you can then really see where the efficiency opportunities lie. Otherwise, you're trying to fix things that are already on fire and make them more efficient. Get rid of the fire. Slow the drought, turn the hose on, and then you can get really clever in how you run your efficiencies. That's a pretty good explanation. I get it now. It's (laughs) a lot of words. It took two years to finally figure it out. But there is some big news that just came out. So you have partnered with Indeed. And I can only imagine Indeed, love or hate them, they are by far the biggest player in our space. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. But digging a little bit deeper, tell us a little bit what it means. Indeed recognizes that candidate experience is super important, right? I think one of the things that is most amazing about companies like Indeed is that they recognize that their product is actually hires. Their product is hires. Yeah. It's not job postings. It's not resume search. It's none of this stuff. It's getting a human a job. And they need to create methods to make that more efficient for the humans that need the jobs. And so creating a frustration-less experiences, remove that friction in the process, will allow for their product, human to hire, to be better. They'll have a better product, happier customers from their corporations and employers. They'll have happier candidates who, when they want their next job in three years, will come back to them. So really, how do you make that more efficient? And they also recognize that candidates know that they don't apply to one job. Or two, the data on the internet, the best I can find, about 100. We'll do 100 applications to get mm-hmm. a job. If you have to create a login every time you do, that is extraordinarily frustrating. Actually, it's amazing. Indeed has a great blog that you can find that tells candidates to pace themselves. Maybe do 15 or 20 applications a day. So Indeed wants to make this process better. The ATSs are oftentimes, especially in the enterprise, which is what we do for Indeed, it's a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure. Each one of the companies can customize their ETS in ways that you can't build a one-size-fits-all solution. It doesn't fit all. It fits very few. So you have to be willing to put the work in to do some element of configuration and customization to match each individual large employer that wants to make these connections. And that's where this partnership really came out of, is indeed recognizing that Large employers need to have an element of bespoke as part of their integration approach. So with big employers, whether they're federally regulated, there is, I believe, a difficulty for candidates having to answer all of the EEO and OFCCP acquired questions. Can you just talk a little bit about how companies can remain compliant, but make it a better experience for candidates? I got to tell you, that's a great question. There is a reality here that Mm. 
candidates don't understand the legally mandated things that are yeah. part of the process. Yes. And actually, even um, employers at times conflate where legally required things might need to happen. A great example is the WOTC questionnaire, the work area tax credit, which in the U.S. means that if you hire somebody who is uh, disadvantaged or ex-military or injured ex-military, you actually get a tax credit back for it. And a lot of employers think you have to ask those questions up front in the application process, although that's actually not where it's legally required. It's just before the offer process. But that actually turns off a lot of candidates because one of the questions yes. they ask for is your social security number. In the U.S., we've all been taught, don't get that information out. So here we are in an application process. The candidates are being asked a question. And so there is this confusion both in the candidates and the employers about these legally required things they have to ask. The EEO says any employer over 15 people in the U.S. has to abide by the EEO standards. And the OFCCP says any employer that takes more than $50,000 in federal funding must comply with the OFCCP. They have to ask those questions. Mm. The OCCP is a form, and it's the exact same form, and they ask the exact same questions the exact same way every single employer, and you have to fill it out individually every single time. The EEO, on the other hand, is a, a form that's actually controlled by the employer themselves. They have a mandate of what they have to ask, but how they ask it is entirely up to the employer. So each time you're confronted with an EEO questionnaire, you're actually confronted with a slightly different set of words mm -hmm. asking similar questions. And they have to do it every time because every qualified applicant has to go through the same process and the same questionnaires. It's actually a bigger one in here, though. So the GDPR component from Europe, so any European oh. citizen has the right to be forgotten, have their data removed from your system. California right. also has the California Consumer Protection Act, which is GDPR light. Yeah. It's basically the same, but it has the same component. When you start living in a world where you're doing leads that are going to multiple systems or in inboxes, which is always the scary thing, and a person comes to your organization and says, I do not want you to have my data anymore. It belongs to me. I would like you to not have it. It's extraordinarily hard to chase that down out of email inboxes. So getting these applications and resumes out of inboxes and into systems that can be universally maintained is a really big value point from a compliance standpoint for companies that operate in California or have any applicants who live in California or companies who operate in, in Europe or who have any applicants who or, or are actually European citizens, even further than that. There's a lot of places right now where because we're so desperate for candidates that we have to make choices. Well, Think about organizations like hospitals that have nurse-to-patient ratios. Do I break the law here or do I break the law there? Because I got to break one of them in order to get enough humans in the door. Wow, right. Yeah. And so we're really focused on helping companies not have to break either of them and actually get them the humans they need to be successful. A couple of things that I, I want to get your insight just because you're so well connected. You work with job boards quite I a do. bit. Yeah. And job boards have been struggling this year. If you look yeah. at the numbers from Zip and Indeed down around 30%, do you think this is just a function of the current economy or is this a bigger story here in the long run? So I think there's a whole bunch of things that, to unpack here. Yeah. Because the economy coming into this year where money was free, and I will be honest, I think in the white collar space, which, by the way, job boards, while they may serve a blue-collar market, are white-collar workers. 
we're hoarding talent. All of us, and not just the job boards. Literally every organization in America was hoarding talent. There's a talent shortage. We found you. We would hire you even if we maybe didn't have a perfect job for you, didn't absolutely need you. We were going to take you. What's super interesting to me is uh, if you look at the Jolts report over the last 30 years, a number of years before COVID hit, we had this the cross point where we have more jobs than we have humans to do the work. And those two are not coming back together. That is getting further and further apart, right? Declining birth rates, declining labor participation. This is all part of a broader, not economic, but literally the whole macroeconomic situation. I think a lot of the job boards, by the nature of the infrastructure of job sites, are going to have to reset themselves and how they recognize who their customers are. Because a lot of times job boards customers are each other as we're trading traffic. And so until we get to a part where we have really clean lines of who our customers are, I think that this is going to continue to be a little bit of a rocky road. So Leah, we'll finish with this. Most of our audiences, practitioners, recruiters, they're looking for an HR tech solution or they're looking to upgrade their tech stack. What's your advice since you've been on the vendor side for a long time? What should they look at when they're evaluating different vendors, looking at basically any new tools? Oh, that is such a great question. I would say that one of the biggest challenges that our market faces is that uh, most of our buyers, they're running their recruiting operation and buying something off the side of their desk. They're not hyper-technical because that's not their job. And they don't take the time to assess what is the problem I need to solve, right? We tend to run at solutions that may or may not solve a problem we have, but yeah. might be interesting and, and like innovative and so we want to be cutting edge. But we haven't really taken the time to understand what is our unique problem of our business and how do we find the solutions that will solve our problems and build from, the, from that perspective. I think the second thing is a lot of these systems say they integrate. And you got to ask the next three levels a question. What does that mean? Mm. What does integrate mean to you? Is it the least common denominator or does it actually do what I need it to do? Whatever that is. I, I'm not a judge here on what, you, what it needs to do. But you need to know what your world needs to look like to operate properly and make sure the solutions you're bringing to the table can satisfy those requirements. Because oftentimes what happens is they don't and we add more manual work into our recruiter's day. So such good advice. Leah, you are a wealth of knowledge. Everyone in this space should know who Leah Daniels is. Thank you so much for coming. It's so good to see you again. We really appreciate you having the podcast. Leah Daniels, JobSync. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Thanks for having me. Au revoir. Shelly, let's face it. Texting candidates is the easiest way to hire quicker today. But your cell phone doesn't connect to your ATS. You're sharing your personal number with strangers. That's pretty scary, right, Shelly? And mm. it's not even legally compliant. Mm, this is where our friends at Rectex come in. They've created simple yet powerful text recruiting software that works with your ATS. Plus, it's designed by recruiters for recruiters. So you know it works. To learn more and book a demo, visit www.rectxt.com, mention the Recruitment Flex, and get 10% off annual plans. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. 
We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.